It's on. Oh, yeah. Back at it. We are back, and we got another good, cold, crisp opening and a cold, crisp bush latte. The favorite drink of the good old Covert Show podcast. We love our lattes here. Had them with some Mountain Dew. They were good. We don't got Mountain Dew this week. We don't got any bear hugs. We've just got some good bush latte. It was sitting in the fridge. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Covert Show. We are excited because for for one of many reasons. So one, this is episode 44 of the Covert Show. If you guys are unaware, you guys have been keeping track. This is the first official recording sesh in Nick's brand new office. We put it on the Instagram story, and I had it, and I know this isn't live, but if you had questions, hopefully we answered them. We'll keep watching the phone here, even though it's at 20%. I think I have my inductive, nope, I don't have my inductive charger plugged in, so that's good. We'll keep it at 20%, but we'll be fine, folks. We'll be all fine and dandy. But like I said, it's episode number 44 of The Covert Show. And like I said again, the first recording sesh in the new office in Indianola. And God knows I love it. I'm excited about this. I've got everything set up. Herbie Husker made the wall. We've got two flags on the wall. Everybody's probably thinking, wow, you live in a college dorm room as a 24-year-old, and you moved out with your girlfriend. Well, you know what? I don't know how she feels about it, but you know what? It's all right. We got the bookshelf back up on the background. We got the good old dad comfy chair in there. You know what? I should have done this from the record. I should have done the recording from the comfy chair, but then I can't reach my laptop because the monitor is too. I could move it up. You know what? We're going to do that. That's what Nick's going to do. Nick's going to do it from the good old recording comfort. As I move this chair, you guys are going to get everything going on in the room. Oh, that is... Wow, I'm not... I should have done this as my desk chair a while ago. This is nice. Comfort, durability. We talked about a fold-out couch on the last show. Guys... I'm going to exclude the women here for a second, and I'm sorry. It's not not neat. It's not mean. Don't cancel. But guys, experience yourself a fat guy chair, a good old lazy boy recliner. Oh, it kicks back. Yeah, we're gonna do. <laughs> we're gonna do the trademark Chandler and Joey. Are you ready? Oh, oh, and kick the feet up. Oh, there we go. <laughs> wow. This is a whole different experience, and I don't need my laptop for the first couple of minutes of the show, so we're going to do this. In the recliner, oh boy, i got to grab the grab the latte here. So we're <laughs> doing this from the, the comfort of the good old recliner here. So, for those of you who have not, are just joining the show, we thank you. But at the same time, if you guys have been around for a while, you guys have known that I lived in Winterset for a little bit. Finally got everything finished moving. We got pretty much everything out of my apartment. I have like one small box that I have to get to. And that's not too big of a thing. I have to clean out my fridge as well. Just like get all the food that I had from a couple of wild game harvests and everything like that. But yeah, we're back. We're ready to roll. And we do have some exciting news as I take a swig real fast. We do have some exciting news. JC will hopefully be joining us soon. He was unable to do so tonight. He had a couple of things kind of coming up, so I'll let him discuss that, but he should be back joining us soon, and we're super, super duper excited to have him back because, safe to say, I miss the man. I'm going to recline this down just a touch. There we go. Oh, that's just going to go all the way. Okay, never mind. So, we have missed him. It's been a stint 
of having JC on the show. So he's excited to hopefully get back. We've been talking about some scheduling stuff for next week and seeing what we got. But I will let him sort out the details. But for now, we've just got another good show. We're, we're just coming to you and we're talking again today. I know it's a podcast, Nick. You talk all the time. Well, you know what? Like I said in the last episode, I think I lose my mind sometimes. I seriously do. And I don't know if you guys enjoy me talking by myself because, I mean, sometimes it definitely does get very um, very ADHD at times because I'll get distracted or have my notes not pulled up all the time, which is usual, the unpreparedness. But we are still professional here. As I say that, drinking a bush latte and have another one on deck. But no, it, it's been exciting. The moving process is always not fun. It's it's one of those to where it's like, okay, when can I move out? And especially with my job when I'm like bouncing around on a schedule, it's like, okay, I had to find time. Thankful that my boss was able to give me a give me a day to move out and everything like that. So we got everything moved. And I've just been chilling. The apartment looks great. We have everything moved in. I have my bed moved in. I've got the couch, everything else all set, ready to go. Office is nice and set up. But you know what? It was a fun weekend as well. Parents came up, helped me move, and then we went to go to um, Audrey's hometown, help or celebrate her dad's birthday. But we also got to see a new movie. It came out a few days or a couple, about a week ago actually. Black Panther: Wakanda Forever came out. Went saw it on Sunday. Loved it. Here's the thing, though. Brace yourself. Go to a movie theater that has those good old reclining seats, because that's where we went. It's a two-hour and 48-minute movie. It's a long movie. It's a really, really, really good movie. The plot and everything flows. It's really good. The pacing of it, however, is a little slow. So don't fall asleep. If your significant other is is no stranger to falling asleep in movies, get an energy drink for them. You know, get a Mountain Dew as, as your fountain drink, everything like that. I do have still some popcorn. Also, this is this might be a weird thing. So don't don't hate on this because I I'm one of those people. It it gets stale, but I don't know why I'm one of those people that enjoys popcorn the next day after the movie. Like I will sit and devour it in the movie theater, but whatever's left or like if I've already eaten it, I'll go back get a refill and leave, which I don't think is legal, is it? Well, it's a free refill on some. But I will get the refill, and I will take it home, eat part of it in the car, or eat part of it like when I get home. And then the next day, I find out that it's just better. You guys can hate on me. You guys can say that I'm weird because everybody knows I am. You don't have to explain this. If you've been listening to the show, you know that I am weird. That's not, not a coincidence. That's not a – I don't even think coincidence is the right word. That's, uh, words are hard today. It's not an unknown subject. There we go. So, but yes, I like day after movie theater popcorn. I think it's just personally it's an under it's an underrated thing. Everybody can hate on me if I'm wrong, which they probably will. So, we'll we'll try to see if we can put this on the good old Instagram and Facebook and say, "Hey, who likes it? Who doesn't? Am I weird?" Yes, but am I really weird? But yes, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, great tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Uh the new villain in it is actually pretty freaking dark. I would eh, dark. Well, yes, dark, but also it's just it's very, it, it's a very good tale between um, what happens after Chadwick Boseman's death and uh, King T'Challa, the Black Panther, and everything kind of moving forward with Wakanda setting up Phase Four. Are we in Phase Four or Five of Marvel? I think Phase Five, Four, Phase Four. So it sets up the rest of Phase Four on a Black Panther and a Wakanda standpoint. 
and everything else that we've got new villains coming through. And you know what? It, it, it The action in it is great. It takes a little bit to get to some of the action, but I mean, it, there is action throughout. The big action definitely is kind of more towards the middle half of the end. But also, acting it's great. The normal cast is there. Oscar performances have been tossed around in my mind. So, if you guys like Marvel, if you guys like the Black Panther movie, the second one is good. Marvel, it's another installment. Marvel's been kind of hitting it a little bit weird. And I'm going to pull this up on the good old laptop because I've got a bigger screen to look at it here because your boy's got two monitors set up. And like I said on the show, so in here I have a TV, a monitor, and a gaming monitor so I can do editing and everything on one monitor. And then I do all my TV stuff, like watching sports and everything I can do on my TV. And then I do have a whole gaming setup as well. Oh my goodness, I forgot Dancing with the Stars is on Disney. Well, that's okay. That's neither here nor there. So let's go into the Marvel Marvel tab on good old on the page. So their newest couple of series, I still have not seen Werewolf at Night. I might have to watch it or might have to start watching it. I've seen decent things about it. But so far on the series, they've had Moon Knight out, Loki, um, they had the What If series come out. They had um, She-Hulk, Winter Soldier. I know I'm missing a couple more. Um, they had the Miss Marvel, WandaVision, everything like that. So far, out of the new kind of phase that's been going on, I definitely appreciate... Sorry, texting. See, shiny. Um, I've definitely appreciated this movie out of the Phase 4 or out of this last phase coming up, I'm excited for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I think it's kind of been the best thing to kind of pop out of this phase. Um, Loki was fantastic. Falcon Winter Soldier was pretty good. Um, WandaVision I was hit or miss on. It, it was definitely there, but at the same time, just... I really don't know. It, it was different. Like, they, they got into a lot in it. Um, Hawkeye, I thought was very entertaining as well. Moon Knight... I definitely enjoyed Moon Knight. Doctor Strange 2, liked it. Eternals was okay. Shang-Chi, not, not bad. But, you know, as, as this, the rest of the series go, I just kind of fell fell off. I watched the first episode of She-Hulk, was not, not a fan. I understand that they needed to make it comedic and stuff like that because they've been kind of going on that way, but at the same time, I'm just not a fan of it. I couldn't get into it very well. I think they tried to make it way too... Way too funny. I could be wrong because I haven't watched too many of them, but the first two episodes, they tried to do a lot of bouncing back between She-Hulk and Banner. So I don't know. If you guys if you guys think I'm wrong and you guys can correct me on it, then go for it. I did not watch the Miss Marvel series. I heard a lot of bad things about it and have not gotten around to watching it. Thor Love and Thunder, I watched it. I definitely like it. Was, Thor Love and Thunder is entertaining, and Chris Hemsworth has done a fantastic job at Thor. And sad to say, Chris Hemsworth is leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Will no longer play Thor. Um, He's having some health issues and going to take time with his family, I believe is what I saw. But Chris Hemsworth is no longer going to be the God of Thunder and Thor. So that leaves the question, who would replace him? His brother could replace him, because apparently his brother is thinking of doing The Witcher. And Liam Hemsworth, I think he could do a good job. But they, they definitely need... They had the rock for Black Adam, so Thor can't be the rock. I don't know who they would get to really replace Hemsworth as Thor. That's such a hard... 
it's that's definitely a very hard role to replace as him. Because as you've seen in the Thor movies, in the first one, he's definitely very serious. It's a very serious kind of coming of coming of age. In Thor 2, it gets a little bit funnier. There's there's a lot more comedy behind it. In Ragnarok, there's definitely a lot of comedy behind it and still very serious trying to figure out everything that goes on. And after they um, after Thanos and everything that happens in Infinity War and Endgame, it then moves on to Love and Thunder of where he's trying to figure everything out. And if you haven't seen Thor Love and Thunder, I'm really sorry. Spoiler alert, Jane Foster comes back. So Jane Foster comes back. Thor Love and Thunder kind of t- revolves around Thor and her and trying to figure out the, the, God sl- or the God Butcher, which actually is very entertaining. So if you guys have not seen Love and Thunder... It's definitely a good watch. It's it's one of those kind of very wholesome watches as well. I will say that. But I mean, they're trying to go a lot of different places with the Thor, or with the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Phase Four. They also have the Spider Man that came out. Um. So, wow, I lost my train of thought so fast. Where was I? Was I going somewhere with? trying to break down everything else after that. No, no. But I have not I have seen a couple of things on Werewolf by Night. I haven't watched it yet. I've been kind of more focused on Star Wars and just trying to get everything moved out. And TV has not been not been there. Like I said, I've been watching The Big Bang Theory a lot as well. Back, back again. Uh, we saw a trailer for the new Avatar movie again. That looks freaking badass as hell. Um, the new Dungeons and Dragons movie is coming out. I did see another trailer for that as well. So, there's a lot of good movies kind of getting getting around. Chris Pine is in Dungeons and Dragons. I love Chris Pine. He's just he's just a very funny actor. Um Ant-Man and the Quantum Realm. Ant-Man and the Wasp and the Quantum Realm coming out as well. Paul Rudd, love Paul Rudd. Um there's a lot of uh, if you haven't seen the trailer and if you haven't seen Loki, well, get ready. King the Conqueror has been released into the Marvel Cinematic Universe peer by the multiverse. So, and that leaves a lot of different branches within the MCU because you can you finally get to equip the Fantastic Four in. You get to finally link everything with Deadpool and the X-Men. Spider-Man, the spectacular Spider-Man, they did um, release that it is in the works. So another version of the comics with that. Tom Holland's supposed to come back as well to reprise his role as Peter Parker, which I personally, I love Tom Holland as, as Peter Parker. I think Tom Holland as Peter Parker definitely looks a little bit younger than Andrew Garfield. And, well, Andrew Garfield has a baby face. Andrew Garfield definitely does have a baby face. Toby, Toby Maguire as well. He looked very old. He looked a little older when he played the role of Peter Parker in the first original Spider-Man. So, but the, but the MCU is doing good things still. I'll have to sit down, like I said, and watch the or Werewolf by Night. I will probably end up finishing through She-Hulk just to make sure that I don't miss anything. Um, Daredevil is coming out once again on Netflix, and they've got just a lot more in the works. Marvel is not stopping. Star Wars is not stopping at all. Game of Thrones, as I talk about, is not stopping at all. Any any other series that I'm missing that should or should not be stopping? I don't know. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. What was another trailer that I saw while we were sitting at, sitting at the movies? Oh, there was one that I said was going to be really, really good. I can't think of it. And I don't know if Audrey's going to remember it at all. But yeah, no. So movies are pretty much, they're bouncing back and forth. Prequels and sequels are coming out. Creed 3 is coming out as well. That should be 
entertaining. Although I feel like in some cases, and not to have a boxing pun, but I feel like they are beating a dead bag or a dead horse. Because at the same time, how many Rocky movies and Creed movies can you rebuild and go go back through? How many different storylines can you build off of all of these? That that's that's all what it comes down to with sequels is is how many lines can you really move across? Because I mean, Thor: Love and Thunder, you have an entire universe. Thor, you have an entire universe. MCU, you have an entire universe. Creed, you pretty much went through the Rocky universe, got through that. You fought Drago's kid. You ended up proving that you are a Creed and Rocky, like, son of Apollo Creed, and you are related to Rocky Balboa, everything like that. And, I mean, Jurassic Park has stormed through their their sequels and prequels and everything like that, and then that entire series is done. So, I mean, as a movie watcher, trying to watch prequel or trying to watch sequels is tough sometimes because as you really think about it, where where can they really go wrong? And what can they do to build off of trying to make another movie or leave the franchise how it is? Personally, I don't know how the new Avatar movie is going to either leave us with an ending or keep us going. I would like to think that they should end with this because now you've endured the world of water on Pandora. And I don't think you can really go from there unless there's a whole volcano side of the island. And then again, I feel like you're just getting into the other Avatar, which is like airbenders, firebenders, and waterbenders. Which also never truly watched a lot of Avatar as a kid. So, and they made a live action movie on that. It was eh. Dragon Ball, they tried to make a live action movie of. Dragon Ball was eh. They definitely went a totally different way with it than I think everybody was going for. Um, I did see for Disney fans out there, for all the other listeners that are Disney Princess fans, the Little Mermaid live action is coming out. It should... I wonder how much they're going to keep it to the original. I feel like they kept Beauty and the Beast to the original. The The Lion King one, they tried as much as possible. I think they did a good job of the Lion The Lion King was just super entertaining to see in live action. Because, I mean, it's definitely, it's like, come on. That's one of the biggest childhood movies of anybody's life. And if you haven't seen Lion King and not enjoyed it as a child or cried at Mufasa's death, guilty. I was a kid. It's like eight. Big, cool lion decides to save his son and then gets thrown off by his brother and left for left his son for dead. Like, come on. How not sad is that? Like, not to get not to get deep into the conversation, because I know somebody else is gonna be a tearjerker over here, but just kidding. So yeah, that's pretty much what I got on the whole the whole movie side of things. I mean, it's been it's been entertaining to see what kind of comes through. The Mines, Halloween's, Halloween Ends. I still have not watched Halloween Ends, which is kind of sad. I'm a big fan of the Halloween series and the slashers, and that's more of my thing when it comes to horror movies, like possessions and I would say thrill, like mind, mind thrillers are, de- like psychological thrillers are definitely like more of my forte when it comes to a horror movie or um, slashers. I'm not a fan of the ghost stuff. To me, that gets too real, and hopefully if there is any ghost in this this house that they don't come haunt me. Wow, I don't like saying that. That's going to scare me. <laughs> but then again, it's just it, trying to enjoy a horror movie. I like to do in the slashers and everything like that and suspenseful ones. Um, the Predator series, watching The Predator, that was pretty good. Um, and then watching Prey. 
I loved how they did that. Prey, to me, was kind of one of those where it's like, okay, throw it back to the original days. Yeah, it's kind of like the original where the predator comes down and hunts everybody, but at the same time, it's like, what are you supposed to do with a Native American tribe when they don't have any firearms, really? I mean, the um, I think, what was it, the Spaniards or, like, the French? Something like that? They were trying to fight through with a couple of weapons um, that they brought over, guns and muskets and everything like that. And to be honest, a mini ball or a little lead ball that is not a bullet, doesn't have rifling. I mean, that's not going to kill a predator, especially when he has literal exoskeleton armor, but also at the same time, nerd out here, by the way, has a whole futuristic, like, alien tech setup model of armor that probably even his, like, some other things within the galaxy can't freaking penetrate. So... I don't know, movies to me, when it comes to, like, sequels and everything, and, like, the Black Panther one, I was interested to see where they went. They went a really, really good route with the Black Panther movie. So, and, it, yeah, it was it was definitely interesting to see where they went on the Black Panther route. And sorry, I, I feel like I've been doing a lot of rambling on, on this episode. And they have, um, they do have the Defenders on Disney Plus as well, so they do have, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and the whole entire Punisher and Punisher as well. The Defender series, um, they will get into also um, getting some new stuff with Nick Fury coming in and um, expanding off the Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel saga as well. So that is extremely exciting. But for now, that pretty much wraps up movies. Haven't you always noticed that sometimes when people are trying to just move on and just kind of like lose a full train of thought, they're like, yeah, so that wraps this up. Moving on. I don't have any clever segues sometimes when I'm by myself. When I was on Sports on the Edge back in college, it was with good old shout out to Guy Tannenbaum and Tanner Frost. We had so many different segues that it hurt us. Like we just tossed ideas off of each other and we were laughing so much. Let's check the covert show, Graham. Let's see if anybody's replied to the story. It doesn't look like I have any messages on the good old Snapchat or on the good old Graham. So we'll keep that kind of on the down burner for right now. <clears throat> but as we as we go through, college basketball is heating back up. I've got the Creighton game on because I'm still a Nebraska boy. Shout out to the good old Creighton Blue Jays. They're playing in Hawaii in the semifinals of the Maui Invitational. They're playing Arkansas right now. And college basketball is one of those fun times of year where you just sit and you get to watch a couple of games and then you're like, all right, so prep for March Madness. And then as soon as your team loses that you think is going to win, all right, who's next? They lost. Oh, shit. All right, moving on. Nope, nope. Okay. College basketball is fun. It's It features a lot of upsets even in the midseason. And it's fun to see a lot of buzzer beaters. There was a lot of buzzer beaters that have happened so far and some major upsets. So definitely very, very fun to see how all of those turn out coming into March Madness. And kind of like just a quick round out for college basketball here, if I can pull this up. Like I said, very... Where is the tab? There we go. Nick found it on good old ESPN. Creighton right now beating Arkansas 40-34 to going into the half. It was definitely when I got in here a little bit more of a decent... Or an, Interesting game. Texas Tech ended up winning today, number 21 in the country, 70-38 to over Louisville. Other games today. In the Cancun Challenge, Auburn ended up beating Bradley, 85-64. to San Diego State and Arizona, and Arizona still have to go in the Maui Invitational. 
in another semifinal game. But kind of looking at the rankings here, starting off a little bit of the sports talk earlier, we'll kind of bounce back and forth here. So number one of the country is North Carolina. Houston is two. Kansas is three. Texas is at four. They, Texas is having a huge year so far. They're 3-0 on the year. Virginia is sitting at number one or at number five. Gonzaga, their only loss is to that Texas team that's sitting at four when they were two. Gonzaga's at six. Baylor seven. Duke eight. Arkansas three 3-0 is at nine. Creighton, or 4-0, excuse me, before they came into the contest. Creighton is 5-0, trying to extend their winning streak at 10. Indiana 11. Michigan State 12. Auburn 13. Arizona 14. UK is at 15. And Kentucky, not Kansas, is at 15. Illinois at 16. San Diego State 17. Arkansas or Alabama is at 18. UCLA and UConn are at 19 and 20. Texas Tech 21. Tennessee 22. Maryland 23. And three Big Ten teams round out that 23 to 25. Maryland, Purdue, Iowa in that order. Iowa being your 25th team in the country. College basketball is one of those sports to me that I I love to watch, and I definitely will sit and enjoy a game from time to time on a Saturday afternoon, especially once December kind of rolls around and the season really kicks off. I do like watching tournament games, especially around Thanksgiving time, because it's just that atmosphere. Teams are playing, I can't say non, excuse me, non-competitive games, because in college basketball, all these games are competitive, because you can switch at a flip of a dime. Every sport has competitive, has all these competitive games, but college basketball, <clears throat> at the beginning of the year, it's kind of like watching the preseason in the NFL. You're basically just seeing you're seeing the field, more or less. And before, like, kind of after it gets through these like little mini preseason tournaments, then it kind of kicks off and starts getting into a full swing of things. But the preseason tournaments, to me, or I, I don't even think they're preseason tournaments, but these tournaments at the beginning of the year are still super fun to watch. Like watching Creighton, I was watching a little bit of that before I came in here and recorded the or started recording this episode. So we'll be exciting to see how that game fares out by either the end of the podcast or at the end of the week. But kind of like taking a look at it, so your usual favorites, the Blue Bloods, you've got North Carolina sitting at one, you've got Kansas sitting at three, another Blue Blood in Duke is at eight, Kentucky is the lowest Blue Blood at the moment, they're 15 and they drop hard, they're three and two on the year. So kind of just taking a look at the offenses, I mean, if you look at Creighton, Creighton has a very good defensive team, they're tall this year as an Omaha boy, Um, got a lot of good shooters still, Texas is trying to become that team to possibly dethrone Kansas in the Big 12. They have had their fair shares to do so and have not. And Kansas said about, or Texas said about the middle of the season, especially when they're ranked, they find a way to drop off once Big 12 play starts. It's very interesting to see how far Texas drops in the middle of the season. But hopefully this year, as, as somewhat of a Texas fan still, they jump up and stay within the top 10 throughout the majority of the year. But like I said, college basketball is just one of those things to me where I'll sit down and watch it, but I'll keep track of all the stats, and I'll try to keep bringing up some stuff and figure that out for us on the podcast, especially when JC gets back. And as always, baseball right now for us non-exist, are really kind of not in the running. A lot of awards have kind of come out. Um, Albert Pujols won NL Comeback Player of the Year, especially doing – the things that he did, hitting his uh, 700th career home run, doing it with the Cardinals, um, and being that guy with Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina going. Uh, comeback pitcher or player of the year for the AL side of it was Justin Verlander. Um, his ERA on the second half of the year was just absolutely outstanding, and it showed coming into the World Series when Verlander was able to help Houston out and, and provide some extra oomph for them to win the World Series for the first time in a few years. 
so or for the second time within what was it five years something like that. As a baseball fan, I should know this. As a sports person, I definitely should know this. But I'm just kind of I'm 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 definitely mentally in the span of this last couple of weeks. I've been I've been a little tired, working some long days, been sitting in a tree, so staring at the woods and just thinking of my thoughts, having to be quiet does not help. Everybody knows that I'm a very talkative person. Otherwise, I don't think I'd be able to do this solo. Because I'll tell you, the solo gig is not for everybody. I feel like me and JC do a pretty good job at keeping this show when we're doing solos very entertaining, and we keep it moving, and we try to just come up with a lot of fun topics. Speaking of which, um, there is that. Speaking of fun topics, and I, I would love to break this game out, but I definitely cannot do that, just because I don't know our full age age difference on this podcast. At the moment. But there's a new game that came out. It's called Same, Same, But Different. And if anybody's seen the movie The Interview, when James Franco comes into North Korea and goes, the same, same, but different, but still same. That line gets me every time. When I found this game on TikTok, because my girl, uh, actually, Audrey sent this to me. She go, or she sent me this, and it was Same, Same, But Different. First thing that thought of my head was, all right, James Franco. And then they started reading the category, like the cards. So basically what the game is, it's like Cards Against Humanity. And um, what would it be? Um, there's a couple of other games like it. But it's kind of like Cards Against Humanity. And basically, they read you one card, and then they read you a different card. So um, if anybody has seen the show, and this is where the age difference kind of comes in, the show whose line is it anyway? I took a drama class in high in middle school and ended up watching it for class on uh, it was one of our lectures one day. So we ended up sitting in class and watching it, and I was like, "Oh, this is really kind of cool. It's very funny. There's different categories and everything, but there's a game called Scenes from a Hat. And how's who whose line is it anyway works is there is no points kept up through the entire show. It's basically kind of like whoever gets voted the funniest. And if you have not seen the bloopers on YouTube, go watch them. It's funny. They do a thing called like a hoedown where they basically get a topic for a song and they have to, um, each player gets to do like a whole little ver or like a whole little song um, to try to make fun of the topic that they have. Like there was one, oh, I can't even remember all of them. I've seen these so many times. But um, basically, there's like four contestants that stand in the middle and it's the same cast pretty much every time. But um, they'll stand in the middle. Wayne Brady, if anybody's a Wayne Brady fan, whose line is anyway has Wayne Brady. Um, it did have Drew Carey as the host. Drew Carey was, made that show hilarious. Uh, but they would do the hoedown and they would stand in the whole, uh, they would stand and do their whole song. And they would have to come up with it on the spot, make everybody laugh, yada, yada, yada. They did one called an Irish drinking song, which you could only come up with the sign, like one, or the, the song one line at a time. So they would get like a theme for it, like there was a high school graduation was or college graduation was one of them. So one person sings a whole and obviously self-explanatory, but one person sings a line and it goes back and forth and they do like a whole kind of, I think it's like three or four choruses with it. They do one whole line down the trip where everybody sings the main line and then they finish it. Well, there is a, a game from it called Scenes from a Hat. And how Scenes from a Hat works is you you get the same thing. You get like a topic or a category, but sometimes the topic or category was things that you can say about your car, but not about your girlfriend. 
I think you can see where I'm going with this. There was a lot of shit said that was definitely not, probably not good for TV, but it's funny as hell. Probably some derogatory stuff, but it's funny as hell. So, same, same, but different is is like that. It's like the scene from a hat game where they give you one category of, it's like things you can say about this and or but this. Is basically what I'm saying. And I have I don't have the box here. I should have brought the box in. And I'm not going to leave you guys with dead air to go get the box. But what's in the box? What's in the freaking box? If anybody has seen the movie Seven, Brad Pitt, fantastic movie. That's a quote from Seven. I feel like I shouldn't have to explain that. Wow, I am such a dad. Don't, please, not, I, I feel like such a dad when I had to do that. I feel like I hold dad for this segment. I'm having to explain everything to try to make it funny. Good Lord. See, people, my insanity is gone. Or my sanity is gone. But no, I'm super excited to play this. I already gave Audrey a fair warning that um, playing this with our friends might get ugly because I'm just going to try to be funny as hell. So if you guys have not had a chance to check it out, check it out on like TikTok. Um, Just Google it. Same, same, but different card game. Should be pretty funny. Grab it with your friends. Let us know how it goes, because we're probably going to take a picture of some of the cards. I will probably end up doing this for for the show. I'll put it on a story. I'll put it on a post saying, hey, like, what would you got? Caption this with your best line. Which, please don't get too obnoxious with it, and let's not get everybody canceled on here, because that's the last thing I want to do. I have a lot of pride in how how straightforward I am, but at the same time, it's like with this society, anything straightforward sometimes comes off hard, like comes off bad. But yeah, no, I love card games like that. Like drinking card games are so much fun because there's, um, Audrey has it. That's like, it's that one card game for the girls that she always breaks out. I like doing the cards against humanity. Drunk, stoned, or stupid is one. Um, what's an, what's another one? Um, I'm trying to think, man, I can't think, I can't think of all these. If you go into Spencer's, they have a, shit, <laughs> if you go into Spencer's, but seriously though, if you go into Spencer's and you actually do not go all the way to the back end of the store or you just focus on the shot glasses and the, the cups and the blankets and everything else before that, if you see all the card games, they have a just vast variety of card games. And I mean, I love seeing those, like, um, for Christmas I gave my cousin a game called New Phone Who Dis? which was really fun uh, fun to play. It just kind of comes up as like a text response that you have to say to the person. Basically the same thing as Cards Against Humanity. So, also if you guys have not just found a, a fun game to play with your friends on like a rainy day or like a day where you guys have a party and you're doing a pre-party before this, did this during COVID with all of my friends down in Lincoln. The game is called Exploding Kittens. It's really hard to explain, but if anybody's a fan of that game or if anybody knows about it, then you'll know what I'm talking about. But Exploding Kittens basically gives you a bunch of cards and um, you take turns kind of like doing a battle against your against the people at the circle, but you do get Exploding Kittens and those go against you, obviously. It's not... Um, I think you can use them against... I, I've only played it a handful of times and still sometimes don't understand the premise of the game, um, but that's a good game as well. I love playing board games and stuff like that, just sitting with friends. Like, you never thought as an adult that you would want to still play, like, card games and and board games and stuff like that with your friends, but apparently they found ways uh, to be able to do that as an adult. And granted, the being of legal age and having some beverages definitely helps, and it it definitely makes people a little bit less sensitive. 
So, there's my spiel of randomness, I guess. Sitting in my chair, just enjoying. Audrey is out for the night. She has to go coach, so she is doing her coaching thing. I'm sitting here doing some recording, probably going to play a little bit COD afterwards. New Modern Warfare 2 came out. I love it. I think it's fun. Some of the maps are a little questionable, and the guns are definitely hard to get used to. Like, it, it definitely takes a little bit to get used to the recoil of some of these guns. Like, there, it's a lot with some of the assault rifles. The SMGs are a little bit too. Um, they incorporated a lot of the same guns from the original Modern Warfare, if you guys like Call of Duty, um, and like the new rebooted Modern Warfare and like the original Modern Warfare 2, 3, or Modern Warfare 2 and 3 and MW series. M16 is there, the M4 is there, the M13 from the last Modern Warfare is in there. Um, the Vector, they call it the Fennec, that's back in. MP7, P90, AUG and the submachine gun style and everything like that, that's in there. So, definitely a fun game. Check it out. It's it's definitely a little aggravating at times because it kills, the game kills quick, but if you don't hit your shots, then you're dead in an instant. I feel everybody's going to be like, well, Nick, that's every Call of Duty game. It's like, no, it's not every Call of Duty game because sometimes you get people who are really shitty and just don't know how to control recoil, a.k.a. I guess right now at the same time me, where you get Christmas noobs at the end at the end of this month or next month that boosts your KD. So, we love Christmas noobs. We hate playing with them sometimes because it's just the whole fact of, okay, who's actually good in this game and who's not. But at the same time, it's like, dude, it's a good KD booster. I don't care. So, Call of Duty Modern Warfare is out. It's fun. Big news. Uh, also, in the video game world, NCAA football is coming back. I loved NCAA football. I played NCAA 08. I played NCAA 09. Let's see. Did I do I had I did have what in the hell? Somebody is driving a muscle car down here, and I'm like I said, shiny, but damn, that's loud in here. It echoes. Um. I think I had NCAA 2010. I think the last NCAA football game they put out was either in 2013 or 14. But everybody's missed it because players were not able to make a profit off the game. So they quit making the game with college players. Because if they can't make the game of college and the players don't get paid, then why should they, why should they make the game? Because the school doesn't get paid for it. The game... or. All EA Sports gets paid for it. Um, well, the NCAA gets paid because EA does that. So, basically, they're bringing it back. It was originally supposed to come out this year in, two th- or in 2023 on next-gen consoles, so X- the new Xbox and the PS5. But now, they released it and pushed it back to 2024. So, I'm sad. That was really sad. Granted, I have a PS4. So I was not going to get to play it regardless, which really sucks. But at the same time, it's like, dude, why do you got to push it back? We don't like pushing games back, especially when it's been waiting this freaking long. And everybody's been excited about it for a while. Well, yep, too late. It's been pushed back. EA just announced that literally today. So big things coming, though, for those fans of NCAA football. If you liked that over Madden, and I still like Madden. I played it. I played Madden a little bit in the last couple of years, but not a, not a whole lot. I haven't owned a Madden game in a while. I think that one's been since 2010 as well. I have not owned a full Madden game. I still like playing it. I'm an MLB The Show kind of guy. I have not owned a 2K game ever. Shocking. Um, if anybody remembers NCAA Baseball 06 and 07 and NCAA MVP 06, 07, I played those. I owned both of those. That was probably one of the funnest games I ever played. 
But yeah, otherwise, video games, I'm pretty much a Call of Duty guy. I'm going to be the show, the typical Fortnite as well. Um, played some Grand Theft Auto in my life. I still have it on my Xbox out in the living room. Never, haven't played it a lot. I have not kept going with my Xbox subscription. So I do not have online, so I can't just go into the, the other world and mess with people. I just have to run around with an NPC, which sucks. Open world games are, and granted, GTA does have tasks. But open world games to me are not my favorite. I like being able to play against each other or against other people or um, having a little bit more tasks to build like a team instead of, granted, everybody's like, yes, GTA, you can you can build all your guns and everything in the single player and then that transfers money over to your account in the online. It's like, dude, that takes way too freaking long to do. And everybody's sitting here thinking that I grind for MLB The Show. Yeah, I'll have my grind moments, but guys, I am not the dude that sits and as soon as work gets skipped, play video games all day. Like, I didn't have to hunt the, the morning that I record, am recording this on November 22nd. By the way, Thanksgiving's in a couple days. So, one, in case, depending on when this gets pulled up, happy Turkey Day. We'll get back to Thanksgiving in a second. But I was not one of those guys that sat and grinded and tried to get all the stubs and tried to get everything. Granted, I could have built a career out of it, but I suck at MLB the show, fair enough. Like, oddly enough, as a baseball player, Seeing a pitch on a video game is a little bit different than seeing it on when I can't do the motion. Like, I've been seeing all these VRs coming out with, like, training for baseball, which is freaking awesome. Like, whoever thought of an idea to actually put that instead of, like, doing the Wii Sports Baseball, fantastic. I love that idea. That's a huge thing for coaches. Because, one, you can also do that just to try to just break down swing analysis so you're not trying to... You can see the screen and see what pitch is coming instead of doing it in a live at bat, which is also good, and breaking the swing down, but also you get so many more different metrics on it. But anyways, back where I was going with this. GTA was fun for me when I could just go around and just kind of wreak havoc on people. Otherwise, I didn't play GTA that much. I played COD a lot. I was a COD kid growing up, and that was basically all I did. I would get on with my friends. We would wait for the league play circuit to come out in Black Ops 2. It would be 2 a.m., and we'd be playing all six placement games. It'd be almost 4 a.m. by the time we went to bed. Wake up in four hours and do it again. Safe to say that was my childhood at some points when I wasn't playing sports or doing anything like that. Nick was a gamer. And if you hadn't noticed that, already, then there you go. Nick was a gamer. Nick was a sports kid, gaming, outdoors. So yeah, your typical main three, main three for, for me. But speaking of the sports realm, getting into it as we are almost an hour into it, the NFL and fantasy football has just been the devil. Everything was the devil to mama. Well, the NFL, Bobby Boucher's mama should have warned him about it. Don't play fantasy football, folks. Play it if you if you love racking your head and you like watching the NFL. It's got me a lot and clo- lot closer to the NFL over the last couple of years. Oh, but let's just let's just look. So in one league, I'm doing very successful. Even though I lost this week, I thought I was going to go two and zero in fantasy this week. George Kittle had other plans, and Debo Samuel on my bench had other plans to actually pop off and get me twenty points. And George Kittle did the same thing on the other side of the on the other side of the field. So Nick was not a happy camper there. Nick did win in his bow hunting league. Nick is talking to himself in the third person, or talking about himself in the third person. But I did win my bow hunting league. 
Now, I've got my lineup set. If anybody cares about my fantasy lineup, I got Jalen Hurts as my quarterback. Travis Etienne as my running back one. I picked up Gibson from the Commanders as my number two for a running back. I still have Leonard Fournette, but he's been questionable. I got Devontae Adams on my edge. I've got CeeDee Lamb as well. Had to pick up Conklin from the Jets because apparently Pitts and Goddard are on IR now. I already knew Goddard was, and then Pitts ended up getting out this week after scoring seven points. I got Chris Olave as my flex. I've got the Eagles defense, Justin Tucker on the bench. I got Fournette, like I said, Pitts, Adam Thielen, Goddard, Singletary, Henderson, who just got waived from the Jet or from the Rams. And then I've got Alan Lazard as well. I picked him up on a couple of different um I picked up a couple of trades and then I ended up having to pick up a couple of players to just make sure injuries weren't happening. On the other side, on my other team that actually has money going into a league. Am I legal to say that? I think so. If not, nobody heard that. Had to pick up Derek Carr because Kyler Murray has been battling with a hamstring injury. Is probably not likely to go for the Cardinals again this week. David Montgomery. I've got Stevenson as a running back from the Patriots as well. Curtis Samuel as a wide receiver. Kobe Myers from the Patriots as well as another wideout. I picked up Moreau from the Raiders as my tight end. Chris Olave, Will Lutz, and I got the Titans defense. I auto-drafted this. I had to go out on the town, tried to down or tried to draft while downtown. That don't work, folks. Downtown on I believe it was a Saturday night as well. Of all the nights that we could have had it, but it was better for everybody. Ended up getting shit on by the draft. I actually had a lot of good players. Traded one away. Ended up getting Tyree Kill off that draft as well. Um, but sitting on my bench, I've got Kyler Murray. Oh, I do need to put Tyree Kill in. What am I doing? Oh, folks. Nick has just made a grave mistake. Tyree Kill is going in. Curtis Samuel is my wide receiver too this week. Wow. I just, that was almost going to be stupid of me. Wow. That was almost going to be really stupid of me. So Tyree Kill is now back in my lineup. Chris Olave, Will Lutz, Titans defense. And then I got Henderson in this league as well. Um, player is not currently signed to an NFL team, so I might have to drop him. And also, he has not been doing good at all this year. Myers. Samuel, Crosby, and the Vikings defense on my bench. But that hops in to the NFL for the week. So if you guys missed out on last week of week 11 for the NFL, Green Bay and the Titans did battle on Thursday night football. Tennessee ends up beating Green Bay 27-17. to Falcons and the Bears came down to the wire. Atlanta ends up taking that game after an interception, or er, with an interception 20 to 14 or 27 to 14. The Bills beat Cleveland, kind of getting back off of getting bounced again. 31 to 23. Colts end up falling to the Eagles 17 to 16 after almost playing upset alert again. Eagles get another heart attack, but end up pulling it out on the road. Patriots end up only scoring 10 against the Jets on an 85-yard punt return. And you know what the funny thing about that is? So Zach Wilson got sat down at a press conference and asked, so your offense only scored three points, but your defense held to only three points besides the punt return. Do you think that your offense let your defense down? The rookie replied, no. Folks, as a rookie quarterback, when your offense is only able to score three points with still some of the weapons that they have, guys, that's 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 a the answer to that is yes. The offense did let the defense down. And granted, New England's defense is definitely good. 
the Jets offense, the way that they've been playing, if you can beat the Buffalo Bills defense and score more points in that game against the Patriots, holy shit, what are you doing as an offense? New England came with the right defensive strategy. Zach Wilson needs to rethink his idea. Mac Jones again popping off with another 25-point fantasy week. The Saints end up beating the Rams 27-20. The Giants end up losing to the Lions, who have won, who have now won four straight. The Detroit Lions are figuring it out, folks. Everybody was kind of counting the Lions out at the, in the year and saying, oh, no, we're back to the normal Detroit. Guys, or three straight, I should say now, they're going for four against the Bills, and the Jets have beat the Bills. So if the Jets beat the Bills, and granted, they have a better team than the Lions at the moment. But now the the Lions have beat the Packers, the Bears, and the Giants. The Packers, well, they've been having some offensive woes. Justin Field and the Bears have finally been kind of figuring it out on an offensive scheme, scoring more points, but they're still back to struggling a little bit on a defensive side of it. They beat the Bears. The Giants this year have just been kind of a little bit of a powerhouse in the NFC East, and they're now sitting at the bottom of the NFC. Um, and they're still, oh my gosh, words are hard. But the Giants are still sitting in a contention for the NFC East, I should say. And then now the Lions have the Bills. They're 4-6 and six on the year, 2-3 and three on the road. The Ravens end up beating Carolina 13-3. The Commanders doused the Texans 23-10. In overtime, one play to Devontae Adams for a big scorer. Makes Nick a happy man with the Devontae Adams receiver in fantasy. It makes it a sad day to be a Bronco fan. 22-16, the Raiders take it over Denver at home. Dallas. I'll say this, I still love Cooper Rush, but holy cow, Dak Prescott proved me wrong saying last week that I'm still not impressed. Well, when you got Pollard doing the things that Tony Pollard does, now off the bench with receiving yards and rushing yards, he had in total on that game almost 200 yards, 180 yard, 189 yards in total receiving and rushing. Now, throw that into a mix with a guy who's still able to sling the ball. You got CeeDee Lamb on the outside edge, tore apart the Vikings defense. 40-3, to three. Minnesota could not get that offense going. And after I just said that Minnesota is the real deal as well, Nick makes predictions and then they go kaput. Cincinnati beat the pay, or beat the Steelers 37-30, and then the Chiefs about gave it away on Sunday night to the Chargers, but they ended up holding strong 30-27. to 27. And then finally, San Francisco routes the Arizona Cardinals without Kyler Murray. Colt McCoy steps in. Colt McCoy gets hurt as well. So, Jimmy Garoppolo still doing Jimmy Garoppolo things. He had 230 yards passing. So, if you had Jimmy Garoppolo in a fantasy league, which I dropped Jimmy Garoppolo, I dropped Jimmy G. Guys, I'm so pissed. I realized that, too. I picked him up one week, and then all of a sudden I drop him, and let's look to see if anybody in the league picked him up and had a good week with him. Dropped him my bow hunting, or in my... Second, or my my ride league, my my good league that I needed. Take a look at two teams. Nope. Take a look at a third team or a couple more teams. Cotton. I don't see Garoppolo. What the hell? I know somebody. Yeah, somebody picked up Jimmy G. Let's let's see how Jimmy G did last week as a quarterback. Let's see Jimmy G. Twenty five points against Arizona. So there we go. Jimmy G doing things. Last week, if you had a buy as a fan, you were the Dolphins, the Seahawks, the Jags, and the Bucks. Moving into week 12, matchups on the line. 
You got the Bills in the, um, three Thursday games. It's Thanksgiving. Oh, there's going to be three Thursday games. And, of course, oh, America's team. The Cowboys play on Thanksgiving. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not a Cowboys fan, folks. If you guys couldn't tell, I'm not a fan of the Cowboys. The Bills got the Lions. The Vikings have the uh, Patriots at the nightcap. And then the Giants have the Cowboys in the afternoon cap. So a lot, there's good games going on there. The Giants-Cowboys should be very good. The Patriots and the Vikings should be good because the Vikings need a bounce-back win. Patriots need a bounce-back offensive performance. And so do the Vikings. Moving right along into Sunday, you've got Cleveland, you've got Tampa Bay. Cle- or Tampa Bay looking to try to hold against the Falcons, hold that lead in their division. The Bengals are trying to keep their bounce back alive with Joe Burrow. And they're so far, they've been winners of two straight against the Panthers and the Steelers. Offensive production on the second half of the season has not been not been few and far and in between. So far, in their last couple of games, or in their last couple of wins, I should say, 30 to 26 over the Saints, 35 to 17 over the Falcons, with Mixon scoring five touchdowns in that one. Panthers had or Panthers ended up losing 42 to 21 to the Bengals and then 37 to 30. So it's safe to say when you're able to score over 20 point or 25 points in a game in the NFL as the Bengals, you're you're winning a game. Because take a look at these losses here. 23 to 20 at the beginning of the year to the Steelers, 20 to 17 against the Cowboys loss, 19 to 17 loss to the Ravens, to the Browns, 32-13. to 13. So anytime that they have not scored over 25 points, the Bengals have lost. And granted, everybody's probably saying, well, Nick, simple math, figure it out. If you score 20-plus 20, 20 points in a game in the NFL, you should win. Well, 30-26 to 26 over the Saints, L of the Saints. 42-21 to 21 over the Panthers, L of the Panthers. And then 37-30 over the Steelers, L to the Steelers. So the Bengals' defense is holding tight. Now, figuring it out, holding tight late in games. Like I said, they've got the Titans coming up, and then they've got a game against the Chiefs as well coming up here in, a, in two weeks, which should be huge for the Bengals and Joe Burrow to try to get back to um, staring down another Super Bowl in the face, even though they're 6-4 and four on the year. But Joe Burrow looking like Joe Burrow did last year, slinging the ball around, finding offensive receivers. Moving along now, Atlanta has the Commanders as well at noon. Washington, like I said, they're kind of trying to play spoiler alert, and they've got a good Spoiler kind of coming up against the Falcons. Taking, we'll take a look at the standings later as well. But the Commanders are now six and five, folks. Fourth in the NFC East. The Jets have the Bears. So Zach Wilson trying to take on another young quarterback in the form of Justin Fields. This one's at home. The Jets looking to actually have an offensive performance as well. Denver has the Carolina Panthers, so should be a win hopefully for Denver. But you know what? I can't say that with a sure heart. It's like Nebraska. It should be said. It shouldn't be said with a sure heart. Baltimore has Jacksonville. The uh, charter, yeah, Chargers. Sorry, wow, reading is hard today. Everything is hard for Nick. The Chargers have the Cardinals. The Raiders have Seattle on the road. Rams go to Kansas City. The Saints have San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. He's been waiting his whole life for this. Did anyone know where his helmet is? Me and Kenny sang that a lot. We sang that the other night on the way home when I was talking to him on the phone. Sorry for the little bit of a serenade. 
And then Green Bay has Philadelphia to cap out Sunday night. The Eagles are looking to stomp all over Green Bay. The Packers are just trying to get on board and not lose Rodgers and see where anybody is. No buys this week as Pittsburgh plays Indianapolis. Buys should pretty much be done for the NFL season. For the most part, looking at week 13, two teams are on buys there. But Thanksgiving weekend, everybody plays. It's not that common. The last big bye week is week 14 when you've got Atlanta, Chicago, Green Bay, Indianapolis, and New Orleans sitting and Washington sitting on a bye week. But looking at this NFL standings at the moment as we sit, the Dolphins sit at 7-3 over the AFC East. The Bills, did I say AFC? No, I said NFC with the with the Giants. Sorry. The Bills are sitting at 7-3 in the second spot. Both teams trying to keep a hold of that strong suit. The Jets and the Patriots at 6-4 and four, tied for the bottom spot. In the AFC North, the Ravens and the Bengals, or the Ravens hold that AFC North top at 7-3. Bengals are 6-4, and four, and then the Browns and Steelers are tied at the bottom for three and set, or with 3-7. and seven. In the AFC South, the Titans are 7-3. and three. They're holding the AFC South in a pretty good stranglehold. Colts are in the second spot. Jags, and then finally the Texans, only team without two wins on the year. The Houston Texans are struggling. They're becoming the worst team in the NFL at the moment, and they obviously are on paper, but they're becoming the, the real worst team of the NFL at the moment. In the AFC West, the Chiefs are 8-2. and two. They pretty much have a strong suit over the West. 5-5 five and five Chargers, 3-7 and seven Raiders, and Broncos sitting at the bottom rounding that out. On the NFC side, and like I've said, this was my this was our dog division in college. And by dog, I mean dog on division. The Eagles are nine and one, figuring out how to win. Jalen Hurts in that offense is still doing things that have not been seen in Philadelphia for a while after winning or but they have won a Super Bowl. Taking a look at the rest of it, the Cowboys are seven and three, tied with the Giants. So this week between Dallas and New York has big contention play for figuring out who's where. The Commanders are sitting at 6-5, and five, and like I said, the Commanders have a chance to play spoiler alert, but they have a chance to do it for the NFC South. Moving to those standings, the Buccaneers are sitting at a 5-5, five and five, leading at a 500 team. The Falcons are 5-6. and six. Saints are 4-7. and seven. Panthers are 3-8. and eight. The Falcons have been trying desperately. Offensively, they've been kind of figuring it out. Marcus Mariota trying to figure it out. Using some new weapons that have been given to them. Getting it back on. You've got Tyler Algier is rushing. And then you've got Drake Landon as well on the outside edge. Pitt's on IR now as well. So he is going to be out for the rest of the season. So the Falcons are going to need to look to try to kind of edge themselves up. And take wins as much as they can get them. Moving into the NFC North, the Vikings are 8-2 and two still after that abysmal loss to the Cowboys. But in the NFC North right now, 8-2 and two is all you're, is you're standing. Unless the Lions can continue to get on a hot streak, like I said, winners of three straight, they are 4-6. and six. The Packers are 4-7, and seven, and then the Bears are 3-8. and eight. And like I said, the Bears have been losing a lot, but they've been finding an offensive rhythm, it seems like. Just making a couple of bad decisions late in games. Justin Fields throwing a ball against Atlanta last week that he definitely shouldn't. Rushing it a little bit. Off the hands of David Montgomery into the hands of the awaiting Atlanta defense. And in the NFC West, it's a little bit of a tougher battle with top two teams. San Francisco at six and four, Seattle at six and four as well. And then the Cardinals and the Rams end out the top 
or the bottom two spots. Cardinals are four and seven, and the Rams are three and seven. If Kyler Murray does not get back for the Cardinals, and granted, they've had a little bit of a rocky year so far this year as well, but the Cardinals have not had near the amount of offense that everybody thought with Kyler Murray, but he's been battling a hamstring injury. And then the Super Bowl contending Rams feeling, or Super Bowl champion Rams are feeling the hangover. Sitting at three and seven, I mean, it's been hard for the Rams. So... Kind of moving along, if you want to take a a preseason route here to see who would still win the Super Bowl, I still feel that the Bills have a contention to be in the Super Bowl. I don't know if they win. Personally, I think even though the way that Philly has played, they've had two, two rough weeks kind of coming back and forth. Looking at the Eagles' schedule so far this or for the rest of the year, they've got the Packers and the Titans coming up in back-to-back weeks. Then they got the Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints, and then the Giants again. So there's definitely two te- two teams in on that that can really kind of push a stint into the side of the NFC for the Eagles, and that's in their own division. The Cowboys are playing really hot football. They were playing it with Cooper Rush, but now Dak Prescott comes back and says, "Hey, I'm still a good quarterback." And which don't get me wrong, Dak Prescott still is a decent quarterback, but I did not think that Dak Prescott would be able to put up the numbers that he was putting up after he got hurt. Well, Dak Prescott putting up good numbers. So far, kind of taking a look at it here. In the last couple of games, they lost the Packers. That was a late game as well. He had two interceptions, three touchdowns though, 265 yards. And Rodgers did not turn that ball over. Winning against the Bears, 49-29. to And then the Pack, or the Vikings, 40-3. to Kind of taking a look at a matchup here between the Giants and the Cowboys. Coming up on Thanksgiving, you got Daniel Jones, who's got four interceptions on the year. In the only few games that Dak Prescott has been back, he has had four interceptions. As well, played a little bit at the beginning of the season, but has four interceptions, eight touchdowns on the year. Daniel Jones has nine touchdowns on the year. When it comes to running backs, now here's the thing. Tony Pollard has been rushing the ball well in Zeke's absence. They've been trusting Pollard to do pretty much everything. He had 109 receiving yards last week. He had 89 yards, or had 80 yards on the ground. Um, in total, he's got six touchdowns on the year to Saquon Barkley's touchdowns of six, 953 yards. Pollard's been doing it in less carries, but he only has, le- or he's got 118 carries. He's got 700 yards. Barkley has been running it as much as possible with 213 carries, getting to that 1,000-yard mark. And then if you take a look at the receiving core, I personally think that if you look at it, Dallas has a little bit more offensive weapons receiving with their tight end and then CeeDee Lamb as well on that outside edge. And you can move him into the slot as well. But Stantley, or Slanton, excuse me, has been there for the Giants and Daniel Jones. So, NFL rundown. Big games coming up. It's Thanksgiving, and everybody loves this time of year because football and college basketball is back. But the NFL... And Thanksgiving is a tradition. If you're not sitting with a full belly watching the afternoon game or even the second half of the lunch game, just waking up from a nap for the afternoon game after your food coma, then that's where you got to be. You got to be watching some NFL football. Otherwise, you're waiting for Black Friday to roll around and Saturday because, folks, it is probably the best time of the year besides bowl season for college football. Folks, it's rivalry weekend. And by rivalry, I mean big rivalry. So on Thanksgiving, 
or or tonight so far you've got Ball State, Miami, Ohio, Bowling Green, and Ohio. So big Ohio schools going at it. On Thursday, you've got the Battle of Mississippi. You've got Mississippi State versus number 20 Ole Miss. The playoff rankings came out. I'll break those down here in a little bit. Actually, I'll break those down now. What am I doing? College football playoffs just released their rankings tonight. I did watch the selection show. Georgia, number one. Ohio State, two. Michigan, three. TCU, four. The top four has not changed at all in the last three weeks. LSU moves up to number five at nine and two. USC is 10 and 1, Bama 9 and 2, they are at 7. Clemson at 8, Oregon 9. Tennessee is 10, rounding out the 11 through through 20 in this order. Penn State, Kansas State, Washington, Utah moves way down after losing to or losing to Oregon. Notre Dame at 15 and then 16 is Florida State, 17 through 25 in this order. North Carolina, UCLA, they dropped two after losing to USC in a big game in Pasadena. Tulane at 19, Ole Miss, Oregon State, UCF, Texas moves back into the top 25 in the playoffs. Cincinnati moves up one after being 25, and then Louisville hops in at 20, or at 25. Oklahoma State, after losing, gets dropped out to Oklahoma, and then NC State drops out as well. So, taking a look at this, the top four, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. Georgia clinch the SEC championship game. They will play LSU, who clinched after a big Tennessee loss, and Bama losing to Tennessee, already being two teams out, and losing to LSU, so LSU holds the tiebreaker. LSU has Texas A&M this weekend, which we all know that that game is a shootout as well. Seven overtimes in one of the last meetings they had in the last four years. Now, here's the thing. The playoff gets really messy right now. Because Ohio State and Michigan have the game this weekend, and it's in Columbus, Ohio. If Ohio State wins, they're in the Big Ten Championship. They win the West, or they win the East. Excuse me. And if they win that, they're fully in the playoff. Even if they lose the Big Ten Championship, I still think that the committee will put them in. Should that happen? Probably not. Will it happen? Yes. But here's the thing. Who do they play? Now looking at it, unless Nebraska can play full spoiler, but Purdue and the Boilermakers lost to Iowa at the beginning of the year, Iowa holds the win over Purdue and should be in the Big Ten Championship. But there's a lot of stuff to still go on with that as Minnesota plays Wisconsin. So the Big Ten is in shambles. They're, they're, the Big Ten is, is waiting to see what happens. But also, Michigan has a chance to get in the Big or the Big Ten ter- Championship game as well. But, if you look at this, if either one of those teams lose, and say, say Michigan wins, and Ohio State loses, Michigan wins outright, say Ohio State wins and wins outright, they will be in, and probably hold that number two spot. Now, who takes their place? Because TCU, on the other hand, they are in the Big 12 championship as well. They're awaiting, a, they're awaiting a matchup in the Big 12 championship. Could it be Texas? Could it be Kansas State? We don't know. TCU struggled against Baylor. Baylor was trying to play spoiler alert. Max Duggan and the Horn Frogs said, uh-uh, not so fast. They had Keandre Miller, or Kendra Miller there as well, and Quinton jo- or Quentin Johnson 
arguably one of the best receivers in college football at the moment, if not the best receiver in college football at the moment. So that was a whole battle in itself. But TCU is Iowa State. Then LSU, A&M, USC this weekend plays a Notre Dame team that lost to Ohio State, 15 in the rankings. They've got big wins over Utah, or they've got a loss against Utah, big win against UCLA, which was huge to put them kind of forward in a playoff committee standpoint. They need to beat Notre Dame and win the Pac-12. If they do that and somebody slips up, I personally see USC in. But here's the thing, LSU has a little bit more of a ranked opponent win. They beat ten, or they lost to Tennessee, but they beat Ole Miss, who was 7. They beat Alabama, and they have a chance to play Georgia in the SEC championship game and beat Georgia. Will that happen? I don't know. Stetson Bennett and the dogs look absolutely just terrifying. TCU, on the other hand, everybody's going to make the... I'm, I'm going to make the argument because I don't know if the committee is on the same league. TCU so far is a strength of schedule. Even before the playoff committee had their rankings. Beat an 18th-ranked Oklahoma team, just beat Oklahoma State. Beat a 19th-ranked Kansas team, who at one point was one of the best offenses in the country, scoring 50-plus points, or 45-plus points a game. Beat an Oklahoma State team who was ranked 8th. Beat a Kansas State team who was ranked 17th. Beat a Texas team who was a playoff ranked 18th in the country. And folks, this all these ranked wins literally came in a row. Except for the Texas one. There was two games between West Virginia and Texas Tech in between the Texas game. But beating Oklahoma, Kansas, Oklahoma State, and K-State all came in one span. Four-game stretch. They've gone undefeated 11-0 this year. Playing at home at Fort, in Fort Worth against Iowa State. The question remains, is the strength of schedule going to be enough to potentially pro- propel TCU forward, or will they stay at four just because of the Big 12 play? Defensively, in the Big 12, if you look at it, even all their wins, 25-plus points a game allowed on defense. And the majority of them, it was 30-plus points a game allowed on defense. And that's just season, that's season-wide. The lowest game that TCU had on a score margin against and four was Texas at 17-10. to 10. Lowest amount of points scored against the defense was 13, and that was Colorado at the beginning of the year. Otherwise, they had Tarleton at 17, and then they had Texas at 10. So TCU in the Big 12 defense gives up tons of points. So will a Big 12 team actually be able to compete in a college football playoff? I do agree. I I do believe so. If Cincinnati can hold Alabama to only 24 points, being the massive dog they were, I believe TCU gets a shot, and they should If USC wins out and somebody loses from that top four, they have a chance to jump up because LSU is a a two-loss team, and if USC wins the Pac-12 and wins out for the rest of the season, I do believe that USC should be in that top top four spot. They are 10-1. Lincoln Riley has done a fantastic job, especially getting over 20 guys from the transfer portal to come in and help boost this program. USC has a deserving shot, and it was projected at the beginning of the year that USC could potentially hop into that top 25 or top four spot. Bama, out. You have a, not, you have a two-loss Bama team that has not played good. If the committee looks at the way that Bama has just played the last few weeks and with those two losses, out. Tennessee, way out now. After two straight losses and losing to a South Carolina team who has struggled all year, Spencer Rattler decides to come out five touchdowns for him as well on, on the day. Had a Joe Burrow-esque performance after getting blasted. Yeah, you could argue that Tennessee is really out. 
and after losing Hendon Hooker to a torn ACL, they're out. Oregon has a chance has a chance to play spoiler in the Pac-12, ruin USC's dance. Clemson. Everybody counted Clemson out at the beginning of the year. Dabble Sweeney coming in with a team that was still good defensively, but offense didn't look like they were going to be worth a damn. DJ Ungolalier still has some good receivers out there. You got Shipley as well, Sweeney. Um, but Clemson, they're ten and one. They've got a chance at an ACC title. Clemson, the only thing standing in their way at the moment is South Carolina, and then they play North Carolina, who is ranked seventeenth in the country, college football standings after falling to Georgia Tech in the Battle of Columbia. That's going to be huge. Clemson has a chance to possibly get out as well. So there's a lot happening here to where Penn State somehow could possibly get up to the top four. Will that happen? No, because Ohio State and Michigan have beat them. So they will not jump higher than probably six. But at the other side of the road, Washington is Washington State. They're they're out for a Pac-12 title. Because USC, well, technically the Pac-12 is still open for grabs. Because if you take a look at it, Washington beat Oregon and beat Oregon State. They have not played Utah yet, but Utah still sitting down below everybody at number four. Washington has a chance to potentially pop up over and say, hey, USC, we're going to knock on your door. We want to play upset. They did that to Oregon State, who is now back in the top 25 of the playoff. They beat a playoff Oregon, Oregon team. Washington has a chance to potentially do it. And when they've got Penix Jr. at the helm of quarterback who has almost 4,000 yards passing, that's insane. 26 touchdowns on the year so far for Penix. Six INTs. But Washington's offense has come out of a just huge standpoint with a brand new coach first year as well. As DeBoer gets a two-year extension from his contract, which rightfully he should. So college football has a chance to get really, really, really ugly this weekend. If you're a playoff under New Year's Six intention. Now, going into the Friday or going into the weekend's games, you've got number 19, Tulane, going to Cincinnati, who Cincinnati has shocked everybody and said, okay, we lost Desmond Ritter. We lost a few offensive weapons. How are we going to be able to bounce back? Well, freaking hell, I told you Cincinnati was going to bounce back, and I hope they did. And by God, they backed me up and said, hey, we're going to be sitting at 24. We're still going to be in the top 25. We're going to have a winning record. Don't count us out. Cincinnati could be playing for a, or an American Conference title. Probably against UCF, but they can do it. Especially if they beat Tulane this weekend, they'll clinch. Baylor has number 23, Texas. Texas needs to win. K-State needs to lose for Texas to be in to the Big 12 title. And then also, K-State needs to win. Texas needs to lose. And this, these games are all on Friday. Boise State has Utah State. Central Michigan has Eastern Michigan. Western Michigan has Toledo. Arizona, Arizona State battle. NC State, North Carolina, that battle is always fun to watch. NC State has played spoiler a little bit. North Carolina after losing to Georgia Tech. That's going to be a tough game for North Carolina to swallow if they lose. Arkansas has Missouri. New Mexico State, or New Mexico versus Colorado State. California, UCLA, who is ranked 18th in the country. The Battle of Florida. Florida State versus Florida. 16, Florida State facing on Florida at home. Fresno State, Wyoming, and then finally, guys, on Friday, the game that I will either be so extremely happy for that we win or it's just going to be a bad day overall, Nebraska, Iowa. Nebraska has not won a game versus Iowa, I believe, in the last four years. It's all come down to within 
a few handful of points. Nebraska needs this win to at least kind of keep morale alive, and it's at Kinnick Stadium, which we do not play well at Kinnick Stadium. It's bad. We don't. We just don't play well against Iowa, period. We just don't play well at the moment, period. I will say I will be right here screaming my head off, cheering for Nebraska and hoping that this game goes because I have felt every single heartbreaking loss for this team like I play on it. And granted, that's that's a really shitty thing to say because I don't play on it and I have no idea how it feels in the stands. But, I, dude, I feel for this team so much. We were moving in and my parents were in here and the game was on in the living room and my mom and my girlfriend were watching it and I was hearing everything. And finally... um. The game came down to one second. We lost by one. I was devastated. It's bad. Nebraska football has a special place in my heart, and it, it, it hurts to break every single game. So, Nebraska, I'm here for you. I'm pulling for you. I think that we have a chance to play upset alert. We've been playing well. I was looking for a chance to go to the dance in the Big Ten as the Big Ten West winner. Georgia Tech has Georgia after playing upset to North Carolina. There's no telling what this struggling Georgia Tech offense can do, but Stetson Bennett and the dogs are probably going to be able to get it done. Michigan versus Ohio State in the battle of the big game, two versus three. That should be so entertaining. I will watch that game as well. Winner goes to the Big Ten West or wins the Big Ten East and goes to the Big Ten Championship and still has playoff hopes alive. Clemson has South Carolina. Clemson needs this win to potentially boost themselves back into the college football playoff talk which they are still there. It's a big if. West Virginia, Oklahoma State, UMass Army, New Mexico State, Liberty, Coastal Carolina, James Madison, Rutgers, Maryland, Old Dominion versus South Alabama, Georgia State, Marshall. Let's get to the other good rivalry games here. Plenty of college football going on this weekend. The Battle of Kentucky, Louisville takes on UK, number 25 in the college football playoff, Louisville. Oregon and Oregon State, number nine, Oregon takes on Oregon State on the road. Oregon has a chance to possibly boost Washington up in the the Pac-12 standings. And Oregon has a chance to potentially knock on the door of USC and ruin their playoff hopes. Going back down to it, TCU, like I said, number four has Iowa State. That's in Fort Worth. Michigan State has Penn State. Utah, number 14. Utah has Colorado on the road. LSU, number five, has Texas A&M on the road at College Station. And like I said, this game has the potential to go into overtime and just be an absolute bloodbath. Number 25, UCF has South Florida. That's a big rivalry game. UCF looking to still stay atop that American Conference standings and have a chance to go New Year's Six bowling. Notre Dame, number 15, has number six, USC. USC needs to really buckle down here because Notre Dame at the beginning of the year did not look like they were going to be a team to really compete as well as I thought. And Notre Dame has proven themselves to be a spoiler from time to time. So Notre Dame, not going to be in a playoff. And Notre Dame in a playoff is bad. But USC still with the potential to win the Pac-12, win out if somebody screws up and chokes. They have a potential to hop in that spot in the playoff. Number 10, Tennessee has Vanderbilt. <coughs> Vanderbilt in a big win against Kentucky last week. Vanderbilt has had a struggling year. Beat Elon. Beat Hawaii, lost to Wake Forest, lost to Bama, lost to Old Miss, lost to Georgia, beat Northern Illinois. Missouri, lost. South Carolina, lost. Wins against number four, Kentucky and Florida. So Vanderbilt finding a way to do something. Still 2-5 and five in the SEC, 5-6 and six overall. They've got number 10, Tennessee, who has not been playing their best. And with Hendon Hooker out, USC or Tennessee has not just been looking the Tennessee that we had at the beginning of the season. The SEC's gauntlet kind of tore through them a little bit. 
Number 12, Kansas State has Kansas in the battle of the the Kansas State. In Manhattan, Kansas, K-State has a chance to keep their Big 12 hopes alive. If Texas loses, Texas has the outright win. But Kansas has, or K-State has the better record so far in the Big 12, so Texas needs K-State to lose to hop in. And then finally, Washington has Wazoo. That's your final college football rundown, and then also a matchup as well. This game got canceled, Virginia and Virginia Tech. We're not going to have a battle of Virginia State. But Washington versus Washington State. Washington's still looking to possibly hop into that Pac-12 spot. They need Oregon to lose. Like I said, college football going to be dicey this week. And, guys, that pretty much wraps up the covert show for the week. So, Please make sure that everything that we post on Instagram or anything like that, please make sure if you guys have something we want to talk about, missed or anything like that, just give us a shout. I put it on the story. So far, nobody responded to the story of the Covert Show. We're going to do one last check just to make sure somebody hadn't, and I missed it as I was going through my college football rundown. Let's take one look. I got no notifications on the page. Sad to say. Sad to say, folks. Sad to say. But hopefully you guys enjoy the show that we put on every week. Like I said, JC looking to hopefully come back within the next couple of weeks as hunting slows down for me and we kind of get into more of a winter mindset here in the good old Midwest. But that'll have to do it for episode number 43 of The Covert Show as I crack open one final bush light for the night. So please, for Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving, depending on when this comes out. or when this comes out. Hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving and hopefully you do have a good Thanksgiving No matter where you go, if you're going to go see parents, if your family is split, hopefully that drive is not bad for you, and hopefully you guys enjoy your families on both sides. Hopefully you guys have a couple of brewskis and watch some football. Hopefully you guys enjoy some great food and just some family fellowship as well. I'm a big family guy. If you guys haven't haven't figured that out yet, I love being with my family. Um, No matter what side I'm on, so I will be there enjoying family with Andre this year here in Iowa, and I'm excited for it. And we are hopefully going to have the football games on because in the NFL, this is going to be big. I'm going to be watching the Iowa-Nebraska game wherever I am at this weekend. But as always, thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you next time.